This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I'm realizing my brain just becomes more and more cooked. And at the end of the day, I'll actually, I'll get in bed and I'll go, who did I interview today? It, it just starts to run together. I can look though. Um, well, while you're while you're looking, I'll, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, mention something to George. George, um, I I saw this morning uh, there were a bunch of uh, uh, tweets about Clarence Thomas's wife because you had mentioned Pachenik, and apparently uh, Clarence Thomas's wife. Uh, again, this has been this is the way it's been reported. I'm, I haven't fact checked it. Uh, uh, was sending uh, White House. Uh, uh, chief of staff uh, tweets about Pachenik's stories about how there were watermarks on ballots, and uh, uh, and so she was ba- basically the net net was that she was quoting Pachenik the stuff that Pachenik was talking on Infowars about uh, to the White House. Uh, so this is the the Supreme Court justice's wife sending texts about that. Um, and I and I thought, wow, Infowars really has a has a reach, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I guess I'd call that you know priming the pump or breadcrumbing or whatever. But there's a cadre, you know, you work with Steve Bannon quite a bit. And correct no, me. well, I, I met him once. Like, right. <laughs> but, but there's an intermediary between you. Put it that way. That we we had, yes we we had we had. Uh, colleagues in common yes many colleagues in common yeah and so you know that they want to grab the agenda they want to grab the views alex is the same way he want to he, he wants to create sensationalism around every story doesn't necessarily want to wait for all the facts to come in and, and that's just and doesn't want to leave the studio uh and doesn't want to go talk to anybody uh so you know bannon on the war room just it's kind of like a uh, sandcastles in the mind kind of world and then they decide on something and then they just have five or six people come in and, and echo chamber it um, and this is the kind of thing that happens where you know Steve Pachenik is now the source of this story uh, and, uh, and Mark Meadows is taking it like it's coming from the Supreme Court you know adding oomph to it so you know, I think this is where you really have to go to the metadata, like you said. You got to go to the Blackberries. You got to say, okay, well, show me your proof. Tell me what Fruman's Parna- and Parnas's IP addresses are. Okay, where do the IP addresses resolve to? Oh, they Patel and Columbus. Great. Okay, and that's what that's what Steve Bannon never has. If you notice on his shows, we, we, we've gone off into the three degrees of Saipov truckers land. Wait. Okay. <laughs> George, okay sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to go on a diatribe against Bannon, but I'm just saying that. No, it's not. It's not even that. It's that. It's that. If people haven't been following you for five years, like they have no idea what you're talking. About. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this. If you're going to say something about somebody and saying they have a top secret clearance from Battelle Laboratories, okay, for instance, which allows you to deal with chemical weapons and, and transport them around the world, okay. Okay, and who would that be? Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. Okay. Show me, high octane speculation, show me 
the IP addresses. Show me that they have an IP address where they have done communications at Patel Labs in Columbus. Because until you do, it's speculation. It's high octane speculation. Right. And, exactly. So and and first these IP addresses many times. Right. And so if but if somebody wanted to corroborate you on the IP addresses, how would they do that? Well, you can you can take any IP address, the quad notation, and just do a who is. Sure. No, no, I understand that. But are they coming off of the headers of the emails? Is Where, where are those IP addresses coming from? Uh, they're coming from things called a skip trace. And when you do a, or a lot of times when you do a court case or whatever, and you're trying to find secret bank accounts, or you're trying to find secret devices, you know, when the drug dealers have four different devices, you want to see how they're associated with the person. You order up a skip trace. And I have a person who does those skip traces. And You'd be surprised on how many false narratives get blown away once you have the skip traces, because then you know that, hey, this guy is here, here, and here. And and, and they're in China before the breakout of coronavirus. These are the yeah. guys that work with Kolomoisky and work with Peter Strzok and, and Schiff. So you bring you bring up some interest an interesting point too that I, I think that I didn't really understand until I it was on a podcast uh, by the way by um, Neil Strauss Neil Strauss is a guy a Rolling Stone reporter he wrote a great book called The Game about pickup artists that if you want to really understand hypnosis pickup artists are practical hypnotists and that book is actually a really good book on hypnotism. But um, Neil Strauss uh, does a podcast called To Live and Die in L.A. where he talks about the amount of metadata that is available to private investigators if you actually just go and hire the services. That is, there's all kinds of things that we assume that only the police can get, that only investigators can get. But there's all kinds of companies out there that have taken advantage of the fact that when you click that end user license agreement, whenever you install a piece of software on your phone that you don't read, that you're basically giving access to that data to all these third-party services that will allow them to uh, allow third parties to be able to track you. So forget Google and Facebook tracking you. Anybody can track you, right? If they know which service to go to and and to license that stuff. So the, this is uh, uh, the, I assume that this is a similar type of service that you're talking about. Yeah, it is. And um, somebody said, "What about burner phones?" Well, there's a little bit of a problem with the burner phone because. You, you can't just get a phone off the shelf. Let's say I'm going to do run chemical weapons uh, or biological weapons to Ukraine. Okay, out of Fort Detrick. My name's Lev Parnas. I need to communicate with the people at Fort Detrick in order to say, hey, um, I'm going to meet you over at the whatever, the restaurant to pick up the whatever. I need to communicate with you on an encrypted device. This isn't really high octane speculation. You can look at it. I'm just I'm protecting the channel, George. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying I, you have to go clickety click click bingity big thing in order to make that meeting happen. The same thing's true on the other end. When you get off the airplane, you got to go bingity bing bing bing. Now, if you were to do in plain text, "Hey, I've got the vial of anthrax with me," you're going to get picked up by the the services, and that's how these things work, right? But you can't go get a burner phone because you need to download the software and it needs to be sent to you that enables you to, to talk to the private encrypted network. That's the, that's the problem. 
that's where this latest story that came out about this guy, Maxi, that's doing this analysis in Switzerland. I don't know if I trust it or not. But he's saying that these programs that Hunter Biden had uh, op codes to, Department of Defense op codes, it's been around 20 years since his brother uh, was in Kosovo, since Bo Biden was in Kosovo doing the same thing. 20 years. So you can't use a burner phone, right? So um, that's that's probably the biggest story that's hitting right now, this Maxi thing. I, there's Bannons in there, so I'm a little I'm, I'm, I'm cautious. You can you can also buy uh, cellular pings, also uh, even the and even if they're um, so if you want to pick a geolocation, let's say you want to pick uh, uh, an airport uh, or you want to pick a, uh, a a bioweapons lab, the parking lot of a bioweapons lab, you can go to different companies and say, I want to buy all of the pings from all of the phones that have been in this bioweapons lab from this period of time to this period of time, right? And then um, you don't get an ID. You don't get, uh, this is George Webb's phone or this is Addy Ad's phone. You get all of these anonymized numbers, but you can actually take those anonymized numbers and then you can request uh, ping histories for those anonymized num- numbers. And uh, it's a funny thing about those anom- anonymized numbers is that they all wind up, almost all of these things in the world wind up in the same place every night at between nine and 12 o'clock. And they're there until seven or from seven to nine the next morning. And so these things actually, uh, they, they have a home. They know where they live. Uh, it, it has an address and uh, once you once you have the address for the for the unique ID number, then you pretty much know whose phone it is. And the FBI, uh, somebody mentioned in the comments, uh, they do that with the stingrays, uh, you know, mobily now or remotely. Uh, they can do it on the move, uh, thanks to this 1033 program where they give excess military equipment to police forces in the country, some six billion dollars worth so far. Right. Well, that's how kind of that's where George Webb started, right? Because weren't they running stingrays on the mall? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. One on the Senate building, one on the House building. Yeah, and then, and then <laughs> and I pinging in Ohio. In Ohio, yeah. <laughs> the pinging went on in Ohio. So, uh, so Tommy, what do you think of this crew here so far? What? How do you, do you want to jump in here? Oh no, I'm just I'm just listening. I don't I don't I don't really know what's going on. I was just thinking. Did you see how uh, Zelensky is going to go try to speak at the Oscars? That's and Sean Penn said that if Zelensky doesn't get to speak at the Oscars, that there's that they should everyone should boycott the Oscars fucking, or something. I fucking hope Putin nukes the Oscars. I'm so sick, I'm so sick of this world. I mean, God in heaven, if he doesn't speak at the Oscars, there's not a single goddamn thing that we can do nowadays that isn't about, look how virtue say It's not enough to change your profile picture to say Slava Ukraine. Now, if, if the president of Ukraine doesn't come speak at the Oscars, we're going to just... I hope Putin bulldozes Sean Penn. Well, well look, he may, look, but Sean Penn may be bulldozing the, the Oscars. I believe that last year was their lowest... Uh, rating their lowest uh, uh, ratings. Good. <laughs> we want better entertainment. We don't want yeah, the Oscars the, anymore. Uh, uh, we want last, live stream invasions. So last year was their lowest uh, uh, Nielsen rating, uh, I think, in 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 history. And um, if uh, if uh, Sean Penn and Zelensky have their way, maybe they'll beat last year's record. 
you know? Let's just bury the thing. I hope they do. But I was I was told that there was a, a kid went by her. Uh, she's 21 now, and she's in the university here at Sussex. And she went by her old grade school, and she saw a Ukrainian flag above the grade school. She, and she said, I, I never saw a UK flag or an English flag over my school the whole time I went there. But now we have the Ukraine flag. I was in a, I was in a bagel shop this morning. And they were selling cookies, and the cookies were colored uh, in, like, the frosting was the colors of the Ukrainian flag. But it didn't explicitly say Ukraine anywhere on the packaging, I saw. Uh, but it's a local New York company. I thought that was a little creepy, still, the Ukraine cookies. I started, fuck, yeah, no, no, you, nationalism and the defense of borders and the distribution of guns to civilians are all wonderful. It has nothing to do with the United States, right? If it's another country, send our men, send our blood, send our treasure— Give them guns and they're stunning and brave. God forbid you want to defend your own borders of your house. I started a gaming channel back in January just for shits and giggles. And uh, I always kind of play around with like the hate speech rules on YouTube because I've been banned so many times. And now I realize that on a thumbnail, I was playing this game last night and one of the tools you have is some spray paint. And so I spray painted a swastika on the wall, but I did it in the Ukrainian colors. YouTube won't take it down because it's technically the Azov Battalion. So that's stunning and brave. <laughs> is that Counter Strike? No, it's a it's a game I downloaded yesterday called Teardown. You just yeah. it's like a cool physics engine. You just like break shit and light it on fire. But right. I found a spray can. I noticed it was like gold and there's like blue. And I was like, well, fuck, you know, I gotta I gotta show my support for Ukraine. So it's the Azov Battalion. <laughs> and it's not a swastika. No, I'm standing with Ukraine because apparently that's sanctioned now. Yo, sorry if I'm uh, sorry if I'm bringing some. Uh, some evil energy in here. <laughs> no, no. Is Peter Duke a CS player? Peter Duke was a CS player. Peter Duke, Peter, 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 Peter Duke tried for several years, uh, 20 years ago, in order to create Counter-Strike TV. Uh, and it's a, it's a long story. Uh, there's actually a video linked uh, at the beginning of my game uh, career on the lower right-hand corner of the Duke Report. Uh, there's a it's a, a Raiders of the Lost Arcade, I think about. Uh, but no, Counter Strike is a great game. I love Counter Strike. I haven't played for a long time, uh, uh, but I think it may be the greatest uh, multiplayer online video game ever made. Uh, I like is. the I like the old school version, though. I mean, I, I know CS:GO is like big now, and people like it and the Steam stuff. But uh, I like the pre-Steam Counter Strike world. It was was pretty great. We're just we're getting into gamer jargon here. Let's yeah. uh, let's talk about Sean Penn, Eddie. Why is he always in the place before Humanity Crisis breaks? Is there is he there to control the narrative away from the trafficking honeypots? And Peter made a really good observation a, a couple weeks ago now, I think, of all the interesting criminals that Sean Penn has just happened to meet. Uh, but he missed El Chapo, so I added that to the list as well. And then I tweeted, Sean Penn is a CIA agent, which just blew up as far as my tweets go. Uh, but he is, does seem to be some sort of intelligence asset, uh, Sean yeah. Penn. And, he, and he's Leo Penn's son. Sean, Sean is Chris, uh, rest in peace, his brother. And then he's Michael Penn, who's a, a singer, is also his brother. Um, Sean. Yeah, and their father, and their father was uh, blacklisted. So he wasn't a writer, but he was a director. And so uh, I think he he did a couple of Star Trek episodes, but he had to he had to kind of go underground. And I think that he was directing things without his own name. So Sean's got a lot of like 
you know, uh, commie heritage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's met with uh, Castro, Saddam Hussein, Zelensky, El Chapo, he's to probably, name a few. He's probably just a pedophile. He's probably Sean Penstein. I mean, do we know that Sean Penn wasn't involved with the synthesis of COVID-19? I don't, we don't know that for sure. I don't know. I don't have any documentation. George, George isn't saying that. No, 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 he's not. I oh, no, no. Then I fully represent Tommy's podcast. They're, they're speculating. I'm not speculating. I'm spitting facts. It's cool. I've been banned from YouTube. I've been shut out of polite society. So I have no, I have no, uh, there's no carrot for me to play by the rules of polite society. Sean Penn ran Jeffrey Epstein's Island and he is currently running a bioweapons lab there now. And we can prove it. No. Yeah, we can. Um, yeah, no. So, so I was just talking to a guy earlier about a uh, uh, space force. He's a uh, Brandon Weikert. He's like a, he's like a space, uh, kind of like the space warfare landscape expert. He just briefed the U S air force the other day on some things. And we were talking about how odd it is that, uh, that Biden went over to Poland or wherever. And just when it seemed like Putin, you know, hyper alpha male who said that the fall of the Soviet union was the most disastrous thing in his life. And he's coming towards the end of his life. He now has a kind of way to save face because his blitzkrieg on Ukraine didn't work. And there's almost sort of an off ramp, right? Zelensky saying we're open to terms. Isn't it weird how Biden goes over there and starts telling the 82nd Airborne, when you get to Ukraine, this is what you'll see and how uh, Putin cannot remain in power. Doesn't that seem a little odd? Like it kind of seems like the fire's turning into embers and Biden goes over there and just dumps gasoline on it. I don't. I. I. I don't see any evidence. I've, I've studied military history my whole life. There was a a, a a really good military piece that got posted on the Duke Report a couple of days ago. I've got to remember at Anti Empire, I think was the name of the uh, website that posted it. Uh, I think Putin's gotten everything that he wants. Uh, the idea that the Russians are. Uh, uh, are, are stalled or not getting what they want. I, 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 I don't see that at all. Um, uh, this is definitely like not a World War II style, we're going to crush the whole government. This is a very tactical uh, uh, implementation of, of military force. And I think that they're trying to get rid of the Azov Battalion, which is basically why Maripol is surrounded and the Reports that I've seen are that the that the Azov Battalion are the people who are not letting people leave, um, which is going to that's what Nazis do. You know, that's what Nazis do. Right? How dare you? They're stunning and brave. It, Slava right, Ukraine, but, Slava Azov. But it, but it, it, but it seems like uh, the rest of the uh, positions that the Soviets have um, of Soviets, the Russians have uh, have taken are are incredibly tactical and. Uh, they're not trying to take the whole country. They're they're trying to uh, basically shut down certain uh, part, port parts of the country while they negotiate. And it seems like they're doing it. It seems like they're doing that nominally. So, you, um, could it be possible that Biden's going over and kind of like talking shit, whether he's doing it or whether it's at the advice of the military elite? Is he doing that because, in many ways? Uh, Russia going into Ukraine is is a dry run for China. They can see how the world reacts, how the U.S. reacts militarily. And if I'm China right now, I'm looking at it as, hey, that's not that bad. It's a couple of weeks of people changing their profile pictures, and then the leader eventually kind of capitulates and gives you pretty much what you wanted. Is the U.S. going in there now and banging the war drums? Hell yeah. 
And is he going down there and burning the, uh, beating the war drums to say, no, you got to go completely back to Russia? Is that less about Russia and is it more about showing China that the United States isn't spineless and that we will go in there and, I don't know, risk thermonuclear war? I'm not for or against it. I'm just... Just yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I understand. I mean, I and, and again, uh, George Webb was the one who taught me to look at the metadata. And so, you know, I kind of I kind of look at the oil pipelines that are running through Ukraine. I look at uh, the the idea that uh, the Rockefeller uh, component of the New World Order has had a major investment in China and Russia for the last hundred years. And that you've got the Rothschild component of the New World Order that's heavily invested in NATO, and uh, and uh, you know the Atlanticists, as it were. And this kind of, the, to me, it kind of looks like a pissing contest between the, those two two forces, using you know Putin and and uh, and Biden basically as puppets uh, in order to kind of uh, put together what George refers to as a school play. It's a school play where lots of people are getting killed, things are getting blown up, but still, the idea is to create media events mm-hmm. in order to get uh, uh, social proof for uh, the moves that. That, that you're going to make anyway. So, yeah. I, you know, I can see Putin being uh, uh, in opposition to what's going on. I can also see Putin just playing a part like Peter O'Toole walking into a movie and doing hitting his marks and saying his lines and doing what he needs to do in order to get uh, the, the perception of the world moving in the direction that they want. Uh, I, I don't know what it, I don't know what is true, though. Sure. Uh, but do you think he could be playing some like like 4D chess, could Putin be going along with it, it but actually uh, trying to put it forward seemed, Russian it, interests? My, my gut tells me that there was some bioweapons false flag that was about to yeah. be that was about to be pinned on the Russians. Yeah, and that Putin and Putin jumped in there before they could nail him for it. That's what okay. I think, yeah, and 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 wrecked all their plans. That's that. If I had to. You know, if I had to guess, that would be my guess. Well, the, the metadata of 2011, or when we started following the story in 2017 with Diliana, it was it was only 11 biolabs that were known. And that went up to, in the last five years or four years, uh, to 30 or 31. I mean, that's pretty provocative. Texas, about the same size, only has three biolabs. So, uh, you know, whatever agricultural reason that you're coming up with, it just seems very provocative on the border. But when, and so if, if it was just bioweapons or biodefense, I wouldn't be concerned. And I, this is my theory about Putin. If it was just the Azov Brigade, I wouldn't be that concerned because the Azov Brigade is much smaller than the Russian armies. But you put the force multiplier of bioweapons together in a cocktail with the Azov Brigade and Kolomoisky, now they can do some damage, like start pandemics. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like putting Nazis together with Zyklon B. Bad things can happen. Not right, and even if they don't start the pandemics, if you look at what's going on in I, I think it's Iowa right now with the bird flu. It's like the, those bioweapons aren't just being deployed against human beings, mm. you know. Um, and in, and in fact, if you read Annie Jacobson and Operation Paperclip, you see that the the Nazis were actively trying to figure out how to how to just how how to destroy the food supplies of their enemies. I love you know? that book so much. I love Annie Jacobson. Yeah. Um, 
I'll tell her. No. <laughs> she won't yeah. respond to my okay. email, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what I like about both Addie and Tommy, though, is they send the email. They don't yeah. Get it's, it's, it's the hardest thing to do is to send an email. I'm serious. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I mean, yes, no, you can send it. I mean, Obama said no. Putin said no. I, I, I emailed the uh, prison where Ted Kaczynski's being held, and they wouldn't get back to me. So, you know, you got to shoot your shot. That was the person who was up at... Yeah, I know, ADX, I know, and he's held at ADX Florence. He's there with the 9-11 mastermind as well. Neither of them will come on the podcast. A big shame. Uh, yeah, but you've had Malone on quite a bit. He seems to uh, like you quite a bit, and, and Ken Alabak, um also. So I, just just back on the Ukraine thing, um, you know, it does seem like they are trying to play this thing out for whatever reason to test out the new switchblade drones or to test the new stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, we don't want to have just a month. We want yeah. to be able to, yeah. up, you know, <laughs> we had, a, we just did the pandemic for two years. The next grift was supposed to be Ukraine. And these fuckers are trying to make peace within a month. Like, no, we, you know, we wanted some headlines. There are some drones to test out. We're going to jack up the military budget. We're going to normalize a trillion a year to the DOD. We, I think what they wanted was autonomous ground drones because we've already seen them in the air and in the sea. I think what they wanted was like iRobot type ground drones, not just the like the next generation of Boston Dynamics things, because in a weird way, wouldn't that be like a legal loophole? So it wouldn't be U.S. soldiers. It would be U.S. aid. We could try out new autonomy and it also just well that's the way it always is right yeah. but, cool. but but in the meantime russia is saying that they will uh accept uh people paying for uh oil in rubles or gold yeah um you know which is what Gaddafi was trying to get away with but <laughs> before I, we freed him but Gaddafi didn't have you know 3,300 nuclear ICBMs and, and submarines. So, Peter, if you bring up kinetic with Q on both ends of the word, yeah, Nelly Orr, they actually have an autonomous ground launcher that could fire chemical or bio rounds. And uh, the guy who did the invasion of Libya, um, especially Tripoli, David Grange, wrote a book called Mech War, Mechanized Warfare. Um, and he, he did, he was That's where Club K came from, right? Uh, was that the same Club, Club guy K, did Yeah, Club K, uh, I think, uh, came from um, a journalist in Florida. I'm trying to remember her name. But when, when yeah, but you, you said there was – I thought that general was somebody that you had mentioned earlier when you first introduced the Club K. Well, Club K was developed by the what Ross Baron export, and it was made somewhere – the Excalibur missile was made somewhere in the middle of Russia, you know, like on the Volga somewhere. Uh, and then their export company is called Ross Brown Exports. So that's where the Club K, you know. So anyway, I'm sorry. I, 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 you were saying Q something? Q kinetic. Kinetic, kinetic. kinetic is, is like Q-I-N-E-T-Q. Uh, but no, you're uh, – anyway, these things were tested at the Redstone Arsenal. And again, I got Fruman and Parnas there to, to Tommy's point. Um, I don't need a lot of ASM brigade. I want to test out all my new mech crap. This is new mech warfare. This is the way we don't really need to do any political operations to get anybody on our side. All we need is an enemy to fire at. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's it's a 
it's a complete sandbox to go try out a whole bunch of new DARPA weaponry. Like, we just did two years of DARPA weaponry, and now they want to try the new stuff, the iRobots, the, the, the Boston Dynamics docks. Wouldn't technically be American troops. It could just be, you know, just slap a Ukrainian flag on it, and we can... We can get some good R&D over there, and we can cover it up as humanitarian aid. We don't even be included in the DOD budget. This uh, this switchback drone is interesting because it flies around as an autonomous vehicle, and it's got a, a high a dwell time, and then it can turn into the missile when it finds a target. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's how these all these troop carriers and tanks are getting hit. The Russians are like, whoa. We have a complete air dominance. They can't put a helicopter in the sky. They can't put a plane in the sky. How the hell are we getting hit behind enemy lines? I think that, and, and you can fly these things remotely through satellites. So you can, somebody can be there video gaming in Creech Air Force Base in Nevada doing this stuff. You know, it could be Imran Awan over there, high octane speculation, <laughs> hitting the red button. You mentioned uh, Parnas, uh, George. Uh, Andre Kukushkin just got sentenced in the Southern District of New York in the U.S. versus Parnas case. Uh, like, I think just last week, he got sentenced to a year and a day and then, I think, three years supervision. Conspiracy to make con- contributions by a foreign national, making a contribution by a foreign national. Um, three see, counts. What they, see what they do with these guys? These are the runners, these are the bioweapons runners, right? And they should be going to life imprisonment. They should be getting espionage charges against them, right? But what you do is then you say, well, now we're going to have you give a million dollars to Trump. And we'll now you're an informant for us, yeah. right? And now we're going to cut a deal for you, and you only have to serve a year. Where you, yeah. We're looking at, you know, the life. payment. Yeah. Yeah. And Fruman had the same deal, a year deal. And yeah, it was a year and a day as well, I think, yeah. And Parnas about the same. And they, both of their IP addresses go to the, I'm not saying they go to the kinetic shack, the kinetic ground autonomous vehicle shack at Red Star Arsenal, but they do go to Red Star Arsenal. Well, it's interesting because I saw a video this morning, and if you guys will uh, bear with me, I'll, I'll, I'll share, but it's, a, it's William Kunstler talking about uh, the idea that, uh, about what he calls the terrible myth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it here. The terrible myth of organized society that everything that's done through the established system is legal and that word has a powerful psychological impact. It makes people believe that there is an order to life and an order to a system and that a person that goes through this order and is convicted has gotten all that is due him. And therefore, society can turn its conscience off and look to other things and other times. And that's the terrible thing about these past trials, is that they have this aura of legitimacy, this aura of legality. I suspect that better men than the world has known, and more of them, have gone to their death through a legal system than through all the illegalities in the history of man. Six million people in Europe during the Third Reich, legal. Sacco Vanzetti, quite legal. The Haymarket defendants, legal. 
the hundreds of rape trials throughout the South, where black men were condemned to death, all legal. Jesus, legal. Socrates, legal. And that is the kaleidoscopic nature of what we live through here and in other places. Because all tyrants learn that it is far better to do this thing through some semblance of legality than to do it without that pretense. Damn. So, yep, legal. legal. It's all, it's the legal system. It's great, isn't it? That's great. Yeah, I mean, right? You know, Russia going into Ukraine is the worst thing that's ever happened on planet Earth. But go red, white, and blue. We go bulldoze uh, Iraq, and it's stunning and brave. Shock it up. Yeah. Le- legal. Yeah. It was legal. Well, who, right? Yeah. Who defines legal? It's probably the guys with the most guns. Yeah, the UN gives a charter or a Security Council decree. I think it was a UN uh, yeah. Security Council yeah. decree for for Iraq. But uh, yeah. again, like, yeah, but, like, but I mean, it's in, it's in New York. I mean, they're so biased. Where's the UN? Yeah. It's the defendant of the biggest U.S. city. All right. Yeah, sure. That's fair. Well, look at the situation with it, that Eddie's been covering with Glenn Maxwell. Um, you know, what is she? She hasn't even been sentenced I yet. Mean, I mean, do, have we looked at the metadata between her and Sean Penn yet? <laughs> that should be done. That's that, what that should be done. That should be done. <laughs> that, see, Eddie knows what I'm – he sees what I'm putting down. He's picking up what I'm putting down. He knows. They, I mean, they, they have ties to celebrity for sure. That was the difference between, I think, her and, and Jeff Epstein is Jeff Epstein didn't really have any family at all or anybody. He's alone, yeah. right? He's like a lone wolf. Yeah, I, I interviewed uh, the author of um, Dr. Barry Levine, the author of The Spider, all about the Epstein trial and kind of who he was. And that was like mm. a weird thing about him is just kind of how much of a loner he was, which begs the question then, was he intelligence? And if he was intelligence, was he intelligence from the ground up or was he just a real freak who was later co-opted by intelligence? But yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that got buttoned up a little too quick. We're allowed to dance around the periphery of things. There's allowed to be an Overton window about, you know, where did COVID come from? Woo, you know, like did Russia really have a reason to go into Ukraine? But you get into that, that dark black hole nexus of how you actually project power on the world, not nuclear weapons, not cybersecurity, but compromising information or compromising video of world leaders, military officials, and business leaders. That's the one you can't get close to. Right. And I, I was, I was criticizing somebody on, on, on Twitter this, this week, people, there's a lot of people who I probably philosophically aligned with. What I think is interesting about the Kunstler thing is that, you know, Kunstler is classically a leftist, right? Or, I've, I've, or, had, him, you know, I've had him on you, twice. You know, you have. Yeah. Okay. Like in the past so, month. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, well, tell us about that. Oh no, he's a, he's a, he's a cool cat. He's smarter than me. He just, I just kind of, he just kind of talks. The, it's great. He just talks the whole time. He's, he's, I don't mean that in a, in a disparaging way. Sure. He's absolutely brilliant. The dude has his has his shit buttoned up. But yeah, no, I wouldn't even. I I don't really. Me personally, I don't get the vibe that he's leftist or right. I think he's very. I think he has his views, and I think any labels put on it is just 
is perhaps us putting labels. Sorry, I, inter- sure. I interrupted. You, you know, no, and, that, and that's you're kind of making my points. You're stealing oh. my thunder a little, a little bit. But there was a guy. I, there's a guy who I follow on Twitter, and I don't actually even remember his name right now. And again, people like to they like to um, criticize uh, opposing opinions by categorizing them as unintelligent or stupid or, uh, you, you know, they leave, they leave all of the different heuristics off the table. So in the intelligence, and I've talked about this on uh, ad nauseum on this show, is that the way the intelligence agencies work is that they, they use money, they use ideology, they use compromise and coercion, they use ego and energy, and they use family connections in order to manipulate people into going into the direction or doing the things that they want them to do. So whenever somebody get, get whenever it gets attributed to somebody's uh, lack of intelligence, like I don't think that Eric Garcetti or or Gavin Newsom or even Kamala Harris, I don't think any of them are stupid. Not at all. Like they're they're not stupid. Not at all. You know they may they may say stupid things some once in a while because you don't have the context of whatever their frame is okay but they're but they're not stupid people and so it kind of does your own cause a disservice to assume or to point out that the people that you're you're opposed to are 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 they don't have intelligence or that they don't know what they're doing because that just that that doesn't solve any problem right that doesn't get to the meat of whatever it is that you're trying to do so so, so yes, and, and what I found is that the closer that people get to the truth, that is trying to figure out what is actually happening, those labels kind of like fall by the la- the wayside. They don't they don't really mean anything anymore. I, I consider myself an American. What does that mean? I believe in life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. All men are created equal, and the and the 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 furniture that goes with that, you know. Um, but but the whole left right. Uh, conservative, liberal, dog whistle stuff, it, that none of that makes any sense to me anymore. Yeah, the idea that any of these people are stupid to me is like the most infuriating thing. When people are like, can you believe how stupid Anthony Fauci is? Hey, he's a demon. You don't get to that, you don't get an MD being stupid. You don't get to that position being stupid. Hitler wasn't stupid. He was evil. Stalin is not stupid. Xi Jinping, oh, how stupid are they putting two million Uyghurs in concentration? They're not stupid. You don't. JFK was a philandering drug addict. You don't get to that position by being stupid. Joe, hey Donald Trump, hey he's stupid. He had a Donald Trump had toilet paper on his shoe walking up to Air Force One. That's not stupid because the news covered that that day instead of covering the other news story of that day. How he sold ten billion dollars of weapons to Saudi Arabia. You're not stupid getting into that position. You could, you can be stupid at times, and as, and as you said, you could be. It could be the lack of context that makes one appear stupid, or it could be the tactical use of stupidity. But man, it's the idea that any of these people are stupid is and not only that, what does that say about you? This yeah, stupid it, guy is ruining the world. How come then if you're yeah, why are you saying that? Are you controlled opposition? Well, like, no, what, not what, only what, that. You know. Not only that, are you incompetent to fight the stupid guy? That just makes you retarded. <laughs> like you know, like that's my logic. He's stupid. Well, then do something about it. I can't. He's smarter than me. Not only yeah, uh, hell yeah. Sorry about that, George. No, no, no. I no, no. I no, no. I, I I totally agree, and it's infuriating to me. And this is why my response back to this guy was: I gave him the rubric. Yeah. I said, 
why are you, why are you why are you associating a lack of intelligence with malice? Here's the rubric that the intelligence agencies use, and I put the rubric on there. Yeah. You know, I've got it as a macro on my computer. If I type in M, capital M I C E plus F, it just spells it out because I I'm repeating it constantly all that's the time. Awesome. That's that's Peter Strzok's uh, you know monogram on his shirt, mice. You know, and then this the silent F. You know, you can't talk about the family, but. You know, Kunstler is interesting because he married Margaret Ratner, I believe. Was I thought Kunstler was dead I, uh, for some reason. Yeah, I thought he was too. No, he's uh, 73. Hmm. Because I because Margaret Ratner then went Maybe on I interviewed I, a different Kunstler. I think you did. Oh. Because the I'm one sorry. that did the... Well, I remember the Chicago 7 with Abby Hoffman and all those guys. And I thought Kunstler was the guy... <laughs> Let me check. Let me make sure I'm not talking bullshit. Oh yeah, I yeah I interviewed George Washington. It's no, it's another, it's another Washington. You did, I, I was feeling pretty dumb there. No, that's, that's my that's 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 my fault. Then James Howard Kunstler. Oh, okay. is that his son? I don't know. I think it is his son. Well, nonetheless, okay. I can tell you about that one, not the other one. Well, Sorry. tell us about that, and then we'll yeah. look up. William. Well, I already told you about him. So, okay. where are you going to be at next week, George? Uh, and uh, yeah, are you? What's your travel plans like? George is going to be in Kiev. Uh, you know, I thought about it. I really did. And uh, not Kiev, but I thought about uh, maybe I still might go. Um, but, you know, there's no sense in dying over some, like tonight, there's a huge missile strike in Lviv uh, hitting the NATO training bases, and where Azov has been getting the, these switchbacks. I, I believe they've been getting these high tech switchback drones high octane speculation in Lviv. so um and i've been saying that for a while anyway supposedly yeah not him yeah they got hit uh but the point is is who wants to die in one thing like that and then you're done reporting so maybe you have a day where you say well here's where the nato guys are here's where the switchbacks are coming in they all say Turkey and NATO. George, you've come a long way from asking them to hit you in the middle of the forehead. Well, I, <laughs> I'm just saying the ultimate irony is you get hit by a Russian, you know, Carly missile. You know, you're out of it. You know, you're out, you're out of the ball game. I mean, no one is trying to kill you. If so, if I can get killed, I want somebody to be trying to kill me. You know, rather right? Than exactly. Yeah. Important distinction. Important distinction to make. Are they allowing people into the country? Like, uh, would that be even be feasible? Yeah, if you go in as a humanitarian cover, and you can go in as a volunteer, I think. And I've looked into it, and um, it, it's a little dicey though because if anybody rats you out and sees you, and then they say, "Oh, he's a spy for Putin," then you get killed that day. So it's it's a it's it's a not a big return. Well, and and people people think you're a spy now. I know, I know. It's like it, I have people who rat me out right now to get me killed. No right. problem. I, 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 I think I don't. I don't think you're doing a good job if somebody doesn't accuse you of being a, a, at least a two or three different intelligence agencies at this point. <laughs> That's right. Well, I just I want to go back to Kunstler for just one second. Okay. Because Margaret Radner, I saw her at the trial at the Roger Stone trial. And uh, she had married Kunstler, which is the number one civil rights attorney, right? I think it was Abby Hoffman and all those guys up in the Chicago 7, right? And then, then she turned around and married Bruce Ratner, 
who then ended up dying during the whole Russiagate thing when they were offering the emails to Julian Assange. And Ratner, I think, was the one who was saying, hey, Julian, it's, it's not who you think it is. It's the FBI offering you the emails. It's, it's not an independent source. You know, they were trying to fool Assange into thinking that the DNC emails were from Seth Rich. And isn't that how Roger got in trouble, too? With with um, with Congress, with lying to Congress, because he he was he was talking. Who, who was Adam Schiff brought him in front of the House Intelligence Committee and said that his testimony didn't agree with it. Right, testimony. and who was the radio DJ that he was? Oh, I'm thinking of. Uh, he was his lawyer, uh, like, uh, Parker. Like, no, I'm think I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, Bubba the Love. It, it, it had to do with Hulk Hogan and Kunstler. They, they were all. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm confusing things. I'm, it's the. Uh, I, I think you're thinking of the Hulk Hogan case would be the the Peter uh, Thiel. Well, there was Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, no idea. Not okay. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm riffing. I'm. I. I'm trying to put two things together. No. There. Bubba the no, no, no. The Roger Stone. Roger Stone had a fight with somebody. He didn't like the way he took care of his dog. What was that? Who was that guy? Um, and I, Randy Credico. Randy Credico. Randy Credico. And Randy Credico was telling Kunstler's Kunstler's wife was a go between between Randy Credico and a Julian Assange. No. And Roger Stone. Okay, the, okay. I'm I'm probably remembering this wrong. So you can put up the high, high speculation, octane. Octa- high octane spe- speculation. Okay. Randy Credico was talking to Counselor's wife. Counselor's t- wife was talking to Assange. Roger Stone was acting as if he had a direct had a direct contact to Assange, but he didn't actually have the direct contact to Assange, and he lied about it in Congress. Isn't that the way it went down? Something like that. Yeah, uh, I think the thing was that Bruce Ratner was the counsel for WikiLeaks in the United States, and the James Jones or John Jones was the guy in in England here in London. They both died in the middle of this, and Trevor McFadden, who was the guy who ran the kind of the school, the kind of like what we have at Neighborhood News in Michigan, where the school for journalists kind of thing here in London. So, and did he die? Yeah. Yeah, 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 a week before the election. Right. Uh, that's when Braverman made the run for the Russian embassy because he thought he was next. But And then, and then all of the, the uh, secure drop guys died too, right? Or Aaron Schwartz and... Yeah. Uh, Aaron Schwartz killed himself, supposedly. Kill, killed himself, yeah. Could well, Bradley Manning was uh, kind of connected a little bit to the secure drop guys. I can't remember the guy who did the uh, James... Who they supposedly had a relationship. Uh, who weren't, weren't there three guys who did secure drop, and two of yep. them died, and one of them turned out to be an FBI informant? Yeah, that's how it always is. <laughs> yeah. Brad, yeah, Bradley Manning adapted with the times. He didn't try to fight the machine head on. He just cut his generals off, and he was welcomed as a hero. That's that's called adaptation. That's called reading the room. Speaking of that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that. 
I went out to Wales. George, I'm sorry if you're embarrassed to have brought me along today. No, no, no. <laughs> you're making me laugh hard. No, you, had the, you had a lot of humor. <laughs> so I, was, I went out to Cotter Barracks, okay, and I was on the train out there. But I thought I'll first stop and talk to one of the great, the greats, uh, Johnny Benmore, right? And uh, uh, so I stopped in Cardiff, and we had been communicating a little bit. So I thought, hey, maybe I'll be able to hook up with Johnny. Well, somebody told him I was Mossad, I guess, and somebody else said I, you know, had that one thing with Hopsiger and, you know, where I was covering what Hopsiger was saying about Mint Press and this Muharesh, which was really kind of, kind of threw a little shade on Whitney Webb, but not really. I think Whitney Webb is fantastic. I think Johnny Benmore is fantastic. They work together on a lot of articles. Um, and this is the type of thing where the machine is smart. They throw shade to keep people not working together. Uh, she, she wrote a, a great article on this welcome trust, which Johnny, uh, helped, uh, uh consult on, uh, that I just read just fantastic about all the kind of weird transhumanist things that welcome trust is getting into with this welcome uh, trust leap. So Whitney, if you're out there, love you. I, fantastically support you keep doing the great things you're doing um i just was wondering why muha wesh was getting all this money for iranian reconstruction and johnny if you're out there in cardiff next time mate i'll shout you a pint down there at uh, mermaid key if if people are getting canceled this is completely 180 but if people are getting canceled like retroactively for tweets they made like a decade ago could you could you what would be the opposite of cancel? Could we like champion retroactively? Well, that's what, I, well, that's what I've been working on. Well, so I'm thinking about like the truckers who allegedly had swastikas. Could they have just been preemptively supporting the Azov Battalion and standing <laughs> against Putin? Could Trump? Could Could Trump and the Charlottesville Nazis have actually been years ahead of progressiveness? Dude, you're good. Was Hitler <laughs> the fucking standing with Ukraine? We don't know this. I'm sorry, I'm just. Try to think outside the box. We we don't we don't know this, but here's what I do. This. But here's what I do know. I do know that people get canceled, all left, right, and center every day. And I'm trying to aggregate all the people who are getting canceled. Okay, okay. So to I I don't I I don't I don't know what kind of RSS feed you've got, but if you've got an RSS feed, I'm I'm. Pulling all of the stuff together on the Duke report. Oh, absolutely! Um, yeah, I got permanently banned for having on Dr. Peter McCall. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's, you're the kind of person that, that we're looking for. So, uh, so to that end, you were talking about the good work that Whitney Webb is doing. There's another guy that that I found just a couple of weeks ago, George, who's got an article on Unlimited Hangout this week. It's the featured story right now on the Duke report, and, and the guy's name is uh, Matthew Arrett, and he's a Canadian. And this guy has done some deep dives uh, from the Canadian side that I, I he, he, he I, I have to get into his books. He's written books on this. But his contention is that uh, all eight of the American presidents that have been assassinated or died in office were attached to the same type of controversy. And yeah. he and he goes through the whole thing and lays it all out. So uh, and he does very uh, 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 detailed citations and deep dives. So this is an article that uh, got published on the Unlimited Hangout yesterday, which is on all of the Rhodes Scholars 
that are in the Biden administration. And he takes it back. He goes goes through the whole history of the uh, uh, the Rhodes Scholarship and how it uh, interfaces with the Council on Foreign Relations and the World Economic Forum. And then he names all of the people and goes through all of the the, the sources. So it, it's it's great. Um, and, uh, and and so I highly uh, recommend that uh, people take a look at this guy, Matthew Arrett. I just found him a couple of weeks ago. He's got a fantastic website that's got dozens of videos and really in-depth in stories. And he publishes a magazine. And I don't know, know why I only found out about this guy a couple of weeks ago. But thank you, Whitney Webb, because she's publishing him. So Hell yeah. So there it is. That's great. Well, the uh, Rhodes, I mean, if you want to go to the Wellcome Trust, that is where Rhodes uh, bioweapons kids go to do bioweapons stuff. You know, I mean, the connection between Rhodes and Wellcome Trust is, is umbilical, it's very close. With the guy who's currently running it, this Peter uh, Jeremy Farrar, uh, who is always where the first time anything gets humanized. So every time bird flu for the first time gets humanized, he, there's Jeremy. Yeah, oh, swine flu, oh, yep, yeah, there's Jeremy. Oh, coronavirus, oh, there's Jeremy, bats to humans. But it's always this repetitive trope, uh, animals that never could ever, ever, ever infect humans, infecting humans. What's his, what's his name? Well, Jeremy Farrar is the current um, chairman of the uh, uh, Welcome Trust. And... and both Johnny Benmore and Whitney Webb write a lot about the Welcome Trust. They did a great piece on it. Um, yeah, they've and, done they've done lots of podcasts on it too. You think yeah. he has any connections yeah. to Sean Penn? <laughs> <laughs> How I think they? Sean Penn has connections to Emilio Estevez. I mean, they look a lot alike. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know. My brain's been like completely fractured in the last two weeks. I finally read The Devil's Chessboard and. Uh, Family of Secrets by David Talbot and Russ Baker, respectively. I've read a lot, but those two books kind of find those and pre, the week preceding that I read Gangsters of Capitalism about Smedley Butler. I mean, I've, I've, I've always been aware of the Cold War and all the machinations of the CIA and, you know, the kind of being like a clearinghouse for businesses and banks. But I mean, I've really, my brain's been cooked over the last three weeks to the point where like nothing is beyond the realm of possibility anymore. So when I see, like all kidding aside, when I see Sean Penn come out and just start really making statements about Zelensky, it just seems odd to me. I mean, to me, it's to me, it's 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 your wife walking in the room and you saying like, you know, how you doing, Tommy? And me, me and me taking my phone and going, this is my phone. You're not going to touch this. I am not cheating on you. You just kind of look at it and you're like, well, can I see your phone now? So when I see just there's this such this just wide like circle jerk and overreacting. Uh, populist to what's going on in Ukraine when, when Henry Kissinger comes out and says like we got or George Soros comes out and he's like we got to stand with Ukraine man every hair on my neck stands up it just seems so there's so many invasions there's so many wars every day we're blowing up like nine countries every day with drones and no one cares but when this happens with Ukraine everyone just just comes together right away and stands against it which I mean on a side note if that doesn't speak for racism in itself blow up brown people with drones no one gives a shit when a bunch of people with blue eyes and blonde hair get invaded the whole world comes to a screeching standstill but is it but do you get what I'm saying like doesn't it seem weird just how 
we just come out of the Middle East, and although it was a sloppy withdrawal, everyone, probably rightfully so, gives Biden some sort of credit for getting us out of that endless war. And it hasn't even been a year, and they're all frothing at the mouse to go defend Ukraine. Does it not? Am I the only one who just doesn't feel like one plus one equals three? Um, they wouldn't be putting Kissinger in the mix and 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 using the heavyweights unless they were having some yeah. problem. I don't think it was Kissinger. I think it was Soros. I think I misspoke. But I mean, that's even worse. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, that really, doesn't really save my point. <laughs> negative points, you know, when you throw him in. Um, there's always a currency to be manipulated if you're talking about George Soros. Eddie, you asked me where I was going. I'm going to go back to the United oh, States sorry. soon at some oh, point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you you don't have a, a travel date yet or anything or any travel plans you want to share? Like, no, no. But I, I I would thought about going to Rotterdam. I thought about going to the Erasmus lab that that weaponized bird flu that made bird flu human infectable um, because I think there's a definite connection to Ukraine biolabs. But look at all those. Wow. Yeah, this is to Tommy's point. Uh, somebody pointed this out the other day. I think it might have been Richard Grove on, uh, uh, but you, you type, you go, <laughs> go into Google image search and type in yellow, blue COVID or COVID yellow, blue. And then you start to wonder about how long the Ukraine thing has been in the pipeline because there's so much artwork associated with COVID 19, uh, uh, public awareness that has the blue and yellow. Uh, uh, color scheme associated with it. It's a, it's a it's a little odd, don't you think? <laughs> what did you type in for that? Uh, I typed in blue, yellow, COVID. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's a similar vein to those cookies I huh. didn't buy this morning. But uh, I wanted to. I don't know if I brought this up or not. But Whitney Webb featured uh, an episode I did with George on on Epstein back in the day. So uh, I was going to bring that up earlier and you didn't you bring up a comment peter uh earlier uh i did uh somebody about asking uh george something about converting uh textile mills into some kind of uh chemical production yeah well you, you probably saw that biden's had some communication with dupont uh in these laptop emails and so forth there was a guy from DuPont. I was at one of the trials. It was the uranium one trial. He came up to me. He was a chemist and he, uh, or he was a biologist. He'd worked with Bruce Ivins, but he had a PhD in chemistry as well. And he said to me, the reason why the Nazis used textiles in the space between World War One and World War II is because they could be disguised. You only have to add one more uh, nitrogen uh, to the double bond of in textiles to make TNT. That's tri-nitrous, whatever. Hollywood, uh, Hollywood. And, and so when Imran Awan and Rahm Emanuel had a textile mill that they stole from these 12 farmers and looked like they were building a huge factory there, um, people talked about it might be weapons, it might be bioweapons. Uh, so I, yes, uh, the Nazis used textile factories. Um, and I can't remember... They did it with Krupp Industries as well. They were making like forks and like metal wheels and also researching like longer bore barreled artillery guns. Yeah. Textiles. Peter Nygaard. John, wait, no, who's the other one? Wexner, right? Textiles. 
Well, Wexner uh, is Mr. Compromise uh, there in Columbus. You know, it's always, it's always, isn't it interesting? They always have the supermodels with the high cheekbones go to places where there's Q-level clearances and bioweapons. Why isn't it like a New York runway? You know, why wouldn't you go there? You know, I, I guess uh, Epstein did have some go there. But here's Columbus, Ohio, which is, you know, you can get some great uh, Ohio State jerseys, you know, football. But there's really nothing there other than Battelle Industries and the bioweapons. And that's where Les Wexter decides to make the gap and the limited and all these things. And that's where Jeff Epstein has his warehouse there on the, on the, uh, on the tarmac. So it, it, it's because of the Q-level clearances there, I believe. High-octane speculation. Do you think – sorry, Mr. Deep. I was, I was just going to say Q-level clearances are energy security clearances, right? So nuclear uh, – yeah. And, and, and bio, bio is with nukes. Uh, okay. Q-level, yeah. Doesn't it seem like you could – if you tried to find order in all of this and there's not always order, but if there was order in all of this – couldn't you say that like the U.S. was jonesing for another Cold War, and in order to kind of move the Overton window and get the public support, you could do it with bioweapons? You could say the first was we released, and this is obviously speculation, we released COVID right by the Wuhan laboratory, like, which is absurd because, I mean, if like a virus came right out like in, the, in like the town next to the CDC, Anyone with half a brain probably wouldn't blame the U.S. You would imagine someone released it right there intentionally. If we are, if we let's just so let's just walk that out. If we did it in Wuhan, and let's say we're getting ready to do it again somewhere in Ukraine and blame it on Russia, what you'd be doing is forcing Russia and China together in one neat little bow, and we could say there's the enemy of the West, and then you get NATO up and going. And then you have this whole other Cold War that you can milk for 45 years and kind of reestablish hegemony. And let's say Russia thwarted that and they found out there was going to be a bioweapon attack. So they went in and invaded Ukraine. We're still kind of getting the same end result. We're pushing Russia right into the hands of China, who are the only ones not sanctioning them. Do you think there's any sort of manipulation by us to intentionally lump them together so we got a great big boogie monster? It depends on who you define as us. United States... Right. American-based, North American-based military-industrial complex banking nexus. Okay, so this, this reminds me of uh, there in the lower right-hand corner of the Duke report. There is a there is a debate between Alexander Dugan and Olavo de Cavaliero, where they where they actually debate exactly what you're saying in 2008, and. <laughs> okay exactly what you're talking about right now they were debating it in 2008 and Cavaliero points out to Dugan that his misrepresent his misunderstanding of the United States being controlled by the people that you're describing right now is is an error in his logic for his being able to figure out the the, the the forces that are controlling the world that the that the globalists use the United States and the military industrial complex and the and the tax base and the blood and treasure okay 
uh, in order to manipulate the world, in order to get what they want, but to mistake the government of the United States as the people who are in. That is, we we have this we have this fantasy that we uh, elect our leaders, and that the uh, the demos is in control of the leadership here. And the reality is, is that there is a super mm-hmm. uh, 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 leadership that is telling the government what it's going to do. And each, it tells each government what they're going to do, the same way that people play risk on a, on a, on a game board. Um, and, and so it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit of a difficult question to a- answer from that framework just because I don't think that the people who are necessarily in control are the same people that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's the, in the same way, it's not, it wasn't just North versus South Vietnam. It was, right. There were probably some people in there that were like, do you think it was just our plan? It's like, dude, there are bigger powers behind both of us, the Soviet Union and the United States. So then you got to wonder, well, the, the powers that are just utilizing the United States, the government, the military machine, the tax base, and kind of co-opting it for their own agendas, what would their desire be? In a weird way, I kind of think it's the same. I think they want a bipolar world. It's easier to divide and conquer, and it's easier to kind of muddy the waters with. It's the if it's the Cold War, like you kind of just accept that there's like CIA black ops going on. If it's peacetime, you have a little more problem. Well, I think I think that ultimately what they're aiming for is one world government. Well, sure. And the way, that, yeah, the way that you do that is you collapse you you collapse two hundred governments into three governments, and then you collapse the three governments into one government. So maybe maybe they were trying that in the Cold War, and maybe the Soviet Union wasn't supposed to fall, and maybe it's part two, and they're like, yep. we've learned from our mistakes, and how else to do it but make a massive alliance? You just call it. Like, didn't Biden just release sanctions on India? What the hell are we doing putting India and China and Russia together? I don't know. Seems like we're kind of cutting the world in half. Yeah, it seems like we're dividing it into continents. Yeah, like <laughs> collapsing two hundred. <laughs> Would you mind blocking major, major, major? They're uh, conspiring for my death here in England, and I just uh, want to—I just uh, want to yeah. get out of the country before uh, MI6 or MI5 take me so out. Ma- major bad cock is that what? Yeah, why don't we get rid of? Oh, is, there, is there a chat? Yeah, there's a chat. Oh, and I thought you were just. Was yeah, like, he's gone. I thought George yeah. was just delusional. Like, yeah, you if you like major, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going live all around the world. Let me tell you, yeah. this is yeah. Um, you're on you're on YouTube. You're on Twitch. You're on uh, D Live. You're on uh, Odyssey. You're on uh, Old Move. Putting me on YouTube. Twitter. Twitter you're on Twitter. Old Move. Periscope. Putting me on Twitter. On on YouTube. You'll get. I am. I am. I am radioactive. You will get nuked. Well, well, we'll, we'll, well. Thanks, George. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was on last weekend, and they're still here. All right. Well, I, hey. I, yeah, I don't know. I think. I think perhaps our high speculation, uh, uh, high octane speculation uh, uh, might, banner, might uh, maybe, save you. maybe, maybe saving us. You know, this is. Oh, I, I didn't need to get rid of it there, but uh, you should no, just I, have it circulating, circulating my box. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we should probably just fig- figure out how to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I think that, you know, as long as there, uh, my favorite, uh, there's a couple of different uh, ways of framing things that I've, I've brought up earlier. Uh, uh, my friend uh, Fleckus Austin Fletcher, uh, often when he's about to say something a little bit controversial, he'll preface it with, you know, I had a dream last night. 
And uh, his co-host goes, well, what happened in your dream? And then he explains what happened in his dream. And he ends every sentence with, in my dream. Ah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that way he... He manages, he manages to just kind of sail under. George Webb started off, though, he had the best one, which was, I'm not saying <laughs> dot, 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 dot. I'm not saying dot, 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 dot. That worked for a long time. <laughs> it was very good, George. It was a great conceit. It was very good. Yeah. And now Wolfchild is also conspiring for my death here in, in England. So let's get rid of Wolfchild. Well, we have uh, Jason Burmis on at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if anybody wants to join us then. Just plug in that show. So Great. I love Jason. He's a good guy there. You know, I think the guys at InfoWars, you know, like I knew, uh, what's the one uh, uh, kid that uh, was Owen? Owen Ishroyer, they, they work really hard. You know? They do. They, they really go out and try to get the stories. And uh, I'll just say this. I mean, Alex is a tough guy to work for. You know, I, mean, I he, think Burmis no longer works with them. No, oh, I yeah. think he, no, he does the fourth hour every once in a while. Uh, and, and, and he, and, and he gets a lot of crap for it. Here's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think about this a lot because uh, I listen to, da I, I love David Knight. I think David Knight is great. Yeah. And uh, David Knight has a lot of legitimate criticisms of Alex Jones. But but Alex Jones fills a niche. That is, uh, uh, and, and uh, John O'Loughlin and I were going back and forth last night because I took uh, uh, Russell Brand, I took him off the Duke Report because there's too much weird stuff uh, in his past that the fact that he's saying everything that I want to hear this week. He's such a grifter. Yeah. Such a grifter. Well, well, I think you might be too kind in calling him a grifter. I mean, it might be it might be worse than that. But you know, it's going to get worse. You know, the, we, I've talked about this before. You know, people like Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon says everything I want to hear. Like, uh, but I but I don't I don't link to Steve Bannon. I don't link to the the kind of red meat for lemmings kind of <laughs> kind of stuff. It's like if you've got evidence based journalism and you want to talk about what's really happening and you want to cite your sources and 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 uh, uh, you know come up with logical conclusions to things without name calling uh, then I'm interested you know but um, you know Russell Brand uh, has a great audience he's uses a lot of neurolinguistic programming I can tell you from having studied neurolinguistic programming he's very good at it and and uh, but there's enough creepy stuff. Somebody sent me a video. Like, you know, people send me videos all the time. People have, I have on my shows and they go, oh, what do you think about this? And it's like, I have to go watch it and, you know, figure out what I think about it. But the reality is, is that, you know, if people are presenting evidence, like there's one weird thing about Russell Brand. There's a there's one source. I think it's reclaimtheweb.net. And he uses it as a source all the time. There's something that's very weird iconographically about I, I can see Addy. Maybe Addy's going and finding it now. Um, oh, yeah. uh, you said reclaim the web. I think it's called reclaimtheweb.net. Okay, and it's weird because he uses it as a source all the time, and they have a very kind of like odd logo. It's kind of like is it Antifa taking over the world? Is it uh, 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 Azov Battalion? Like what is it? You know, it's like three red arrows going around the world. You know. Um, and he's always using them as a source. And I thought, well, who is that? And so I'm watching him one night and I'm looking it up. And it's like, there's, it's one of these websites where there's no about, like 
the Duke Report's called the Duke Report. And if you look in the lower right-hand corner, it's like Peter Duke's website. George Webb is always trying to be George Webb. Addy Ads is trying to be Addy Ads. But these websites where they have these generic stories yeah. and there's no, there's no author, you know, uh, and there's lots of links. And so I found, I, I found the, the contact and I wrote them an email and they said they didn't even know that Russell Brand was using them as a source. And I said, well, how do you not know that? Because he's got 5.8 million followers. And when he uses your site as a reference... It's got to be bumping your traffic. And they said, well, for privacy concerns, we have no analytics. So we don't actually know how many people come to our website. Well, I'm calling bullshit on that because there's a certain amount of infrastructure that you need. Like I know that on the on the on the account that I've got the Duke report running on right now, if I get too much traffic, it's not going to work. I'm going to have to, like, you know, turn the knob up. Right. I'm going to have to add some more resources there. So I don't know. It's, it's all very weird. It's all very weird. George, could you do a skip trace on Reclaim the Web? So <laughs> you can go, do it. Go right back to Langley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, you know, a lot of these are, you know, total, uh, Lee Stranahan used to say, total spectrum dominance. Oh, yeah. Um, no matter what I what issue it is, I want eighteen guys that are my guys, all kind of doing variations on the spectrum. The same story, yeah. It seems organic. Yeah, and, and then we'll have cash going to just those eighteen, and then no one else will, will get any support. Um, and that's why I say, most important thing you can do today is buy Peter Duke a coffee, or buy Eddie Adds a coffee, or Tommy. I think, do you have a Patreon yet? No, nothing, right? No, nah, just come to Rumble and subscribe because I'm permanently banned from YouTube. Just do that. Tommy's um, podcast. Yeah, and, and Rumble, and you can make some money on Rumble, right? Very little. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no, there's no winning in this. I'm going to be killed either through desperation or by the CIA. So just come subscribe as a middle finger to the world. There you go. Or don't. Or, or, do, or do it in a happy manner. And the MI6 assassins yeah, and no. Jack. Joke's on them. I'm friends with the CIA assassins, so it's going to be a battle to the end. Well, I wanted to tell them that they wanted to make sure everyone knew that I was G-E-O-W-E-B-B on Venmo. The, Good. So, so the assassins got their plug in today. Good. The assassins can, yeah. Um, this is a crazy sight. Yeah, re- yeah. No, no one, no one doesn't track your analytics. Anyone that has any sort of just okay. So this one has an author, Kevin Macon. I, I, I don't. And oh, Ken is a teacher. Okay, so this one. Okay, great. So and maybe they added this since I, I, I pinged them or I missed this before. And if I did, I apologize. Yeah, but, um, but you know, I was going through the site and I was trying to figure out well, who is this site? You know, I was going down here and I was going contact that's how i contacted them as i clicked yeah. on contact but you know i was trying to figure out and apparently they are a subscription base you're supposed to pay money for this um but they don't do a really good job of explaining what it is that you're paying for you could buy a t-shirt and stuff but anyway this this is a site that uh, that russell brand uh, uh cites a lot on his videos yeah i don't know i just i you know, I might just be like kind of proving my own point earlier when I was like, I, I don't like calling people stupid because they're smart. That might be my own flaw, me calling Russell Brand a grifter, and it could be much worse than that. It might not just be. Because it looks, it's the clickbait thumbnails. He's showing his teeth and his gums and his eyes are wide open, and it's like the New World Order said, what? Like, you will never believe this. 
It's the same <laughs> shit. It's nothing new. It's just Pfizer depopulating the world. What is Klaus Schwab having planned for you? But then I have to look deeper, and that guy doesn't need a grift. That guy's made a ton of money. No, he doesn't. He doesn't need a grift. But if you do some background, I can send you some links and stuff. Like again, I take all of it with a grain of salt. Like I don't, you know, I don't know what's true. But he did do a kids' book on the Pied Piper of Hamlin. That's really creepy. It's a really creepy kids' book. You should throw um, up a high octane speculation. We should put up high octane spec. Well, no, that's not a high octane. The, the, the kid's book is not high octane speculation. But uh, Russell yeah. Brand wrote that kid book on Epstein Island with Sean Penn. There you go. Well, if you read the book, it sure seems that way. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that they did, but man. <laughs> I'm saying that we don't have definitive evidence that they did. In your dream. Yes. In my dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Peter, I, just for you, I wrote a sub-stack today, about 40 pages, and so it should be up on your... Did it, did it, well, if you did, then it'll be there, so we can go look. Hang on I want to second. make sure the RSS feed works, and I'm going to send Tommy your number, if that's okay. Uh, I, so that can... I will. Okay. Hunter Laptop Revelations continue to corroborate George Webb's deep BlackBerry source? Yep. There we go. Okay, so yeah, so let me know when you do that because um, generally what I will do is I will spend a couple of hours a day reading all the links because the links are always updating dynamically, right? So I'm going through the links. Uh, I add, there's an ad here I'll, I'll have to show you that the uh, uh, stop screen, share, share, brave tab, Duke report. There we go. Addy posted a story. So I moved the news stories to the top. So Addy's story is at the top. So George posted a story. Let me know when you post it. Because so what I what my just so that everybody knows what my strategy is on this, I spend a couple of hours a day. Carrie helps me because I can't you can't read every story. Like it's there's a lot of a lot of stuff there. And we read we read as many stories as we can for two or three hours, and then we try to figure out which one we think should go on the top because that's the featured one. And then we make the art. And that's the major way that we're promoting the site right now is that um, I pick a story, I pimp the story on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. <laughs> it's funny, I'm trolling LinkedIn. And, uh, uh, and, uh, um, and then uh, I go, I look down the rows and I try to find out whoever has posted something new. Like Ice Age Farmer is up there now, but but uh, Christian at Ice Age Farmer, he publishes like once a week or once every two weeks. So like Mark Crispin Miller posts sometimes three or four times a day, you know, so I try to keep the stuff up at the top of the page fresh. So the more you're posting, the more I'm going to push it up. And, you know, in one day when I get the when when I hit the big time and I can hire a software developer, I'll just make it so that the, the newest ones always pop to the top, um, which is the way that I'd like it to happen. So I post like three episodes a day. So technically I should supersede George, right? <laughs> technically. technically. You already, Tommy, even if you just did oh, it. You. I, I, I also, Tommy, I wrote down a couple of, I, I wrote down uh, uh, Smedley Butler because I didn't know, uh, I hadn't heard of that book before, but um, I'm also, I, I have a book section uh, oh, yeah. and, and I try to put down every book uh, that is basically uh, revisionist history or, uh, uh, you, know, you know, the sources of all of the things that we are talking about. Uh, uh, because th this is the only way that you find this stuff out. You, you don't, uh, 
you don't uh, you don't get it by going to eighth grade history. You know, yeah. it's like no, that's uh, I started I started last year. Uh, I tried at CIA's organized crime. I've interviewed him, Douglas Valentine. He yeah, a lot of good CIA. He has a, that the Phoenix program. Um, but uh, he's an interesting guy, Doug Valentine. Yeah, yeah, he's. A he, he, I, I, uh, I screen capped a tweet he deleted this morning. <laughs> yeah, Doug Valentine's a trip. I like talking to him. But I try yeah. to interview all these authors that I because I started last year where I I read and read I listen to an audiobook a week because I realized that nothing that I was getting from the uh, the news mattered and really no right. history that I learned at school mattered. So now I just every every Monday I start a new audiobook and just listen to it at like two x speed, only nonfiction, only history. I've probably learned more in the last like fifteen months than I have in the prior thirty years. Well, you can't ignore non you can't ignore fiction because once you understand that fiction is part of the plan, then you yeah. got to go back. You got to read H. G. Wells. You got to yeah. read uh, you know uh, Aldous Huxley. Yeah. You got you yeah, know you got world, yeah. you got to read Orwell. And, in a more critical way and try to figure out whether or not Orwell is actually criticizing the things that he's talking about or he's he's programming it in. But anyway, on each one of the books, what I do is there'll be an Amazon link and, uh, you know, I don't love Amazon, uh, but if you click on that link and you buy something, I'll make, I don't know, 10 cents or whatever it is that I make. But if there's a free version or there's an audiobook version or there's a scribbed version or there's a web archive version or there's a PDF and I found it, I link to it. Yeah. Every book. Okay. Um, if somebody's done a video, uh, then I will try to find a video about the book. And then uh, if there's a, a Kindle version and there's a preview, then this thing will automatically have the Kindle version and the preview too. So I try to give oh, people yeah. as much information about each book as possible and where to get it so you don't have to go, you know, grousing around for it. Um, uh, so, yeah, so uh, any books that you, if, if I've got errors or, or omissions, let me know and I'll put them in. I'll look for that Smedley Butler oh, yeah. book. What was the other book that you talked about reading this week? I was going to say there's two good Smedley Butler books, Gangsters of Capitalism and then Seizing the White House. The other one's okay. Devil's Chessboard by David Talbot, which I think is pretty old. Not pretty old, yeah, relatively yeah, old. Yeah, I, I, I think I have that here. And um, uh, uh, Family of Secrets by Russ Baker. Oh, that's, um, that's what I wanted to write down. Yeah, that me. one. Another one that really kind of melt your brain is um is a poisoner in chief. Yeah, uh, I read Sydney, that. Yeah, that one. That's that one, on here. That one. Stephen King's. Yeah, yeah, that one burned a hole through my brain. All of Annie Jacobson stuff. Phenomena was really good. Um, I actually had on the guys that she talked about in Phenomena. Dale Graff, the head of the CIA uh, Stargate project. Um, yeah, I try to interview all the people that I read. Right. Um, you can't always so, them all. So, yeah, so I've got Amazon, I've got Scribd, yeah. I've got uh, Free Web Archive, um, and then videos. And then these are other books. These are other books in Assassination. <laughs> Under Assassination. Jesus. I want to Did give you a shout out. do that, Peter? What? Or you, you created that Assassination category? Yeah, I just, I, I, again, I'm I'm always trying, you know, as I get these books in here, uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out what kind of a series you would fit them into, you know. Um, and so I, I, I look for a theme. And if there's a bunch of books that have assassination in it, then I just create an assassination series. So sweet, sweet. Awesome. Chris, well, I'm going to have to get some dinner, guys, because uh, before our next show. 
So All right. you want to keep going, Peter, and then... No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to shout out to Chris Milligan. That's Whitney Webb's publisher. A lot of great books on that. I forget the... All of a sudden, they're... Trying Day. Trying Day. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we nailed it, guys. We can't do any better than what we just got done. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, we'll talk to all... Uh, Addie and I will be back in uh, an hour and 10 minutes with Jason Burns. Uh, about 40 minutes, actually. 6.30. Is that work, Peter? Uh, yeah, it works. Yeah. I, I just have to... I, I set the schedule for... Oh, yeah. I mean... Either either way, no. But it's fine because because we're not on Facebook. Because I get this, Tommy. I I am on a timeout from being able to stream on Facebook because I posted a Jeffrey Dahmer meme. It was Jeffrey Dahmer in a grocery store, and it said, "If we run out of food, at least we'll have each other." <laughs> and so they told me I couldn't stream anymore because I posted that meme. What was that? There was some great rap song from a couple of years ago where it was like, "Eat that ass, like Jeffrey Dahmer." I thought that was great. Um, um, uh, All right. Well, with that, with that, I was going to say, get banned from YouTube. That one's fun. You can get Uh, on my level and get IP banned from Reddit because I pulled that uh, one off last summer. So, well, let's try not to do that. I don't want to get you guys banned, but if it does, we we got the high octane speculation banner. If that doesn't save us, nothing will. Talk to you soon. Nothing I said is factual. This is all my own fever dream. Thank you very much for having me on. You're welcome. Thanks for Thank we'll do it again. We'll do it again sometime. Oh yeah, man. Thank you cool. so much. Nice to meet both of you. Thank All you right. so much. Very good. Later, George. See Peace. you later, George. Peace out. Thanks, Tommy.